right after saying we've got to I look thought we were just starting a new trend like here we're gonna put all our uh eyes <laughs> I, mean, like, I don't know if it was a Lebanese thing or it's like this yeah. is how we wear them in our country it's like Jimmy Kimmel the Lebanese Jimmy Kimmel right here yeah he's got that sideways. down I'm here with my uh wake up hair you know like wake just got out of bed hair kind of thing and yeah that's well, like luckily, I also have my just at fresh out of bed hair, so <laughs> <laughs> and my freshly groomed hair and my middle of the day five o'clock shadow hair. It's all the same. It's basically the same. All, all in one. All in one. Yeah. All in one. <laughs> That's like the, yeah. Do you have to yeah, use go for uh, two in one head and shoulder shampoo or no? <laughs> Who me? Oh, uh, it's it's straight axe uh, body wash. <laughs> Oh, just the body wash. So just the one in one. Yeah, you don't need yeah. shampoo or conditioner. Or Dove. Dove. If I'm feeling fancy <laughs> and I got a couple extra bucks at the Stop and Shop, I'll pick me up mm-hmm. some Dove, uh, Dove skincare. Okay, cool. I got that That's sensitive good. skin. That's good. Take do care you, of that sensitive Do you use skin. the loofah on top or just, or do you use just your hands on top? Just my hand. What do yep, you use no, right between the two hands and then right into the face and then scrub it right in behind that. <laughs> like you got to get, you got to get right in there, right where the rubber meets the road, right there behind the earlobe, you know, like that's, there's like yeah. three <laughs> critical places where you got to like, you could get away with just scrubbing like three places and brushing your teeth and you'd be good. Like right behind the ears in the pits, mm-hmm. right where the, right in the, where the legs meet the groin. Like if you get those three spots, you're pretty much good. That's like the three worst spots. If that's all you have to do, you should do it. <laughs> but if you're like, ah, oh, I'm in a hurry, just hit those three spots with the body wash and then just squeeze the loofah over you and let it run down, rinse off, you're good. That's a, that's a good, quick, on the run uh, wash. <laughs> just like elaborating. That that. Tips, right? It's like, we're just going to talk about how to, uh, secrets to, to, to living life uh, as a degenerate and not letting people find out. Just giving us a mental image of how exactly shower, how men shower, basically. Yeah. <laughs> That's good to know. That's good to know. Thank you. <laughs> Dinner, Dennis. I, mean, I like how Ali is like judging us. Meanwhile, 10 seconds ago, <laughs> he was trying to put on a tie like a six year old from his dad's closet for the first time, not knowing how to do it. So. Hey, you're Dennis Dead Air Maller, right? <laughs> seriously yes. dude when you're on stage even the mic wants to go on mute you know yeah. <laughs> even the mic doesn't want to work when you're on stage let's be real <laughs> oh the best part about my comedy routine is the silence and the best part about every movie <laughs> i've ever been featured in is that my best side is the side behind the camera so <laughs> i'm fully Not aware that. that all my best work has been left on the cutting room floor of every editing room <laughs> I was just about to mention that. I was going to ask, like, is it is it a lot of the stuff getting cut off? But uh, what was your favorite scene then to act out? Which did uh, my favorite to, my favorite thing about doing life. acting is watching the cast and director's face just fall into regret after they see me come to set. That's basically. No, I'm gonna, <laughs> dude, all right, I'll, I'll I'll tell you about this. Have you guys ever seen the Netflix movie called Eve? Stars Jessica no. Chastain, Colin Farrell's in it. It's like a bunch of like John Malkovich is in it. Yeah, it's a good. Okay, there's cool. a there's wow, a reason why you heard it because it sucks. It's terrible. It's mm-hmm. an awful. Movie. <laughs> like the movie was originally called Ava, and then they mm. it was so bad that they changed the name of the movie because it was so bad. And but the only thing they could change it to without having to redo all the dialogue was a word that sounded like just the lip movement looked like Ava. So they changed the name of the movie to Eve for whatever reason. Uh, Interesting. I, yeah, it's 
I did uh the the I'm, again can't see me in the movie, but you can see my car. My car has a very prominent featured spot <laughs> at the airport, uh, which is just an airport in Worcester, Massachusetts, that they did an overhead <laughs> shot of of somebody getting into a cab. Um, yeah, that project was doomed from the start. It was uh, mm-hmm. originally. I'm not going to name names because uh, not because I don't like to talk trash. I love talking trash. I just don't remember their name. So, but the, uh, <laughs> I mean, you can Google this, like Ava Jessica Jastain director, and you'll find out that one of the directors got me tooed, so they had to rip him like right mm. off set as as production started. Uh, it was just a toxic work environment. Like I remember mm-hmm. doing one scene and just watching a PA pool his IFB out of his ear because they were shouting on the radios at each other. The crew was shouting and yelling at everybody so much that it was nonstop fighting between the crew, like directors, producers, and just, I'm not yeah. sure who was arguing, fighting all the time, but nonstop. Every time I was on set, I could just watch, hear them on the radios, pulling their earpiece out. Just like, please stop yelling at the top of your lungs. Jeez. Uh, yeah. The yeah, movie was that's, that's awful. Not what were they fighting about, though? What were they even fighting about? Stuff. Like it was just the direct the director they replaced with had was apparently not a, as good of a director as they wanted. I don't know. Just that, like there from top down, there was so much fighting, which is weird because usually on film sets, everyone in my experience, I'm not going to talk about everyone's experience, but in my experience, TV and movie sets that I've been on have all been for the most part great environments everybody knows each other with each other they get along like in the new england area where 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 i live there's a lot of productions and it's a small group of people that work in the industry so everyone kind of knows everybody they're all friends with each other i mean there's drama here and there you know it's like oh can you believe so-and-so got so drunk at the party whatever you know that dumb shit but (laughs) mostly everyone kind of likes each other and gets along and then Mm -hmm. kind of introduce like somebody from I'm not going to say it's definitely somebody from LA, but you introduce people from there. <laughs> and my, the first, yeah. the first real production I did was a movie called uh, the equalizer Two. It was the, uh, gotcha. Yeah. Which by the way, they totally missed. Uh, it was uh Denzel Washington. They totally missed the boat by calling the not calling the second movie, the sequelizer. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> and no, then, that's pretty and, good. And now they made a third movie and missed the boat again without calling it the third, the, 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 the third Like they missed the boat. Of, <laughs> the but anyway, or make yes. it a prequel, the prequelizer. Like there's so much there. Left. <laughs> I can't believe you were in that movie. Wait. I, don't worry. You, I'm in a building across the street while they're filming. Like it's. <laughs> Dead air, wait. I need to sneeze. I need to yeah. sneeze. I'm a bit cold. Okay. <laughs> okay. Good. Moving on. <laughs> All right, pause for editing. Pause for editing. On the set is like I, I work background, like I'm, that's fine by me. But they don't call. Like I've never been on a film set where they call anyone extras anymore. Like they've eliminated. They're like they call no them AI. Yeah, they're here. They're back. Your background actors, like they treat everybody super nice, and they're 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 very big about not like demeaning people for their roles and stuff. And it's like weird to be on that. Was like okay, like you can't say extra. All right, we'll say background performer like they're mm-hmm. and so down to the tiniest little thing like i've i've been treated on set um, very well by every person i've ever met from multi-million dollar superstar to pas who are working for credit you know but meanwhile i've worked in corporate av you know because you, ha- you got to have a day job when you're a performer 
you know, and I'm setting up projectors and, and dumb shit for corporate entities that's doing their biannual get together to talk about how much money they made this quarter or whatever. And you got some secretary from Bain Capital that just screams and hollers at you because the projector got tilted three degrees to the left as mm. if this before the event and as if this makes any difference to anyone who's coming to think. So it's like corporate AV in that world are the meanest pieces, biggest piece. I've never been talked down to as much as by just some douchebag middle management jerk off at a mm -hmm. corporate event inside of a 10 by 10 conference room. And why do you think that is? Is it because they wanted to all be like Christopher Nolan, but then they ended up somewhere mid in between down the line, getting washed up, having to, you know, do an AV job and then they start getting bitter and well, then no, start the taking it out of other people. Like, but it's the clients that talk to people that way. Mm. You know, I think it's, it, what it is, is <laughs> it's, it's commonplace in corporate America to treat underlings like garbage. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> look at it. Like we, we, it's, how many times have been said like, oh, if you can't handle it, uh, if you can't handle uh, being dressed down, then you then you're too sensitive. And it's just we've taken that 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 kind of attitude, like that, that's the American corporate workplace where it's like, what what's that? Uh, you know, coffee is for closers, bullshit. Like that fucking movie, you know, uh, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, where you got the, the, the wow, you know, Alec Baldwin. Alex, excuse me, Alex Bang Bang Baldwin shouting out, somebody, not letting them drink any water because water is for closers or whatever the dumb line is from that. And Wall Street, where everyone's like, you're getting screamed and constantly yelled at by your boss. And we accept that as common workplace environment. Whereas in the arts industry, you know, we're getting to the point where it's like, hey, we're people and, you know, we're all, yeah, for sure. And we have to, we're also all, most of us are on medication anyway to make us docile. Yes. There you go. <laughs> Uh, running intrusive thoughts all the time. So now we're all medicated enough on Prozac and Zolol to where we're like, hey, you know, let's, <laughs> you know, let's all have fun and make a movie, you guys. Yes, exactly. Hey, Dead Air, wait. So I think this is an issue of the generations between you and me because maybe the, the generation previous to us might have taken more of that bullshit. But let's say nowadays, all right, so I pretend you're my boss and yell at me. Pretend you're my boss and yell at me. Like try to so humiliate then, me as a boss. Yeah, well, basically, I'm like, I'm, yeah. no, I'm gonna like when I'm when I've managed people, I do the old story. <laughs> like, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Like, <laughs> I'm trying to devastate okay. from the inside now. Like, I'm playing the mind games. All right, I'm not shouting and raising my voice anymore at you and calling you names. I'm making you feel bad about yourself mm. internally to try and motivate you. Now, granted, I am Gen X. So <laughs> I grew up in the restaurant industry too. And yes. you know, I'm a Gen Xer. So, you know, we've said, I've been a part of saying terrible, horrible, awful things to your coworkers. And then you go out and you drink a beer and at the end of the night and it gone and over with. But also I'm at the age where it's like, uh, can we just skip the being awful part and just go to the having fun and beers part? Like, Yes, I agree. Now try that with me. I'm Gen Z. All right, try to humiliate me. Try to say something to to make me upset. I think we already did earlier with the uh, okay the, the inability to tie your own tie. Like okay, like, see, guess what? Down enough time. I need I, I need I, the, the mental health for you. Guy on a, a <laughs> the last thing I need to do is make another guy on a podcast cry. That's I don't want to start getting typecasted. I need the mental health leave. Okay, <laughs> I need the mental health leave. I saw on TikTok that. You can just ask for mental health leave. And so I'm taking that. Peace. I'm going to go watch right. TikTok. Saeed, you're now in charge. You got to do the. <laughs> <laughs> you 
because of the mental health uh, necessary craze, uh, vacation, mental health, vacation. So you, you now have to do the job. You got to pick up the spot for your mentally ill, incapable, incompetent. Wait, wait, wait. So, By the way, to be honest, I've, I've lost character. track at some point. Like there, there, there has been so much, inf- like so much to process. Like that is like said, nonstop, and I'm night. just like I'm trying to absorb what's going on. I don't like, like this. Said, this is bullying like on my podcast. Show before we started recording, the nickname "Dead Air" is an ironic nickname because I have. Yeah, I see it. Out. I see it. <laughs> I need a mental okay. health leave. I need, a, need mental a mental health, health leave. leave. And, I, and I have to pick up your slack now. I have to pick up his slack. Where the where are you going? Hey, put the headphones back on, man. Not only, Saeed, not only do you, you actually have to pick up phone, you get, what we need you to do is, you know what? You need to spruce up that backdrop a little bit. Like, I'm on, I'm on remote. Like, I'm in Baltimore visiting my family, and I brought my mobile gear. So I've got, like, a blank wall. But, you know, I got a little splash of color here. I saw you, you, you could be like Ali, you know, maybe put in a little plant there. It doesn't have to be real. not going to make you try and like <laughs> against your will. But, you know, maybe put in maybe a little lamp behind you or something. You I, know, I like, I like my, my neutrality. It's, it shows, it shows the solidarity with peace and, and tranquility. Okay. Like, All right, fair that's, enough. <laughs> that's a big word. Right there. Uh, that is a big word, Ali. Yes. That is, <laughs> that is the word I'm sticking with. Wow. <laughs> I'm gonna stay with tranquility for 400, Alex. <laughs> All right. So, Denaire, you're from uh, Baltimore, but also from Boston. But which one do you like more? Uh, uh which do I like more, Baltimore? 100. Uh, I was born and raised here in Baltimore, which I'm staying mm. at for the holidays, and that I'm wintering in Baltimore, which means I get slightly less snow than Boston. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, I moved to Boston. Uh, February will be 11 years. February 2024 will be 11 years I moved to Boston. So I guess I'm officially, since I've been gone to more than 10 years, I'm an official Baltimore expat. I think that's the definition, 10 years. Okay. Ex- uh, expatric. Yeah. yeah. yeah that's I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> why I like Baltimore more is uh, in Baltimore, they're not afraid of people of color like in Boston. So Interesting. Yeah. You think it's the other way around, right? Oh, because Boston's yeah, no, supposed they... to be super liberal and futuristic. Oh, yeah, and like... no, it's it's the most, <laughs> it's, it's the progressive city. They want you to remember that we were the first colony <laughs> to abo- we were the first US state to abolish slavery. But it's true. They, was, they were the first colony in in the states to legalize it. So, you know, <laughs> There's a little contradiction there a little bit, you know. <laughs> Paying back for their sins. That's what they're doing. That's all. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're, uh, I, I mean, it's, it's, I've never, I never realized how segregated it was mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. until my friends came to visit me from Baltimore and from DC because we live in such two, like Baltimore, DC are such diverse cities. Like you're just jam packed with people of all ethnicities because they're both port cities. Uh, there's politics. It's sometimes if you're moving to DC, it's easier and cheaper to live in the Baltimore area and travel to DC than it is to live in DC. And just both cities really are just such big, huge melting pods of all kinds of ethnicities that you don't realize how diverse your life is until you go somewhere where it's lacking mm-hmm. diversity. Like a cousin of mine came up the first thing out of his mouth. He visited me. He goes, you dude, where have you been hiding the black people? I've been here for three days and I haven't seen one. You know, wow. like, I've, <laughs> I've heard from other friends too, like white friends and friends of color where they come up and they're like, yeah, there's a lot of white people. And it's true. You could just hang around in Boston for a week and never see a person of color as long as you stay away from the subway. Like it's you rare. think it's because they're covered in snow. 
Maybe that's the reason why right, yeah, everyone's walking around. <laughs> like, oh, there's a white guy. No, he's from Ethiopia. He's just covered. Yeah. <laughs> or he's, he's a PU college kid and probably covered in cocaine. One of the other. There you go. <laughs> that's a no, I, it's just like Boston's, they try to be an ally, but I find it personally just to be very patronizing. Uh, and that's what mm-hmm. bothers me. It's like it, a lot of their, you know, when we're trying to help people comes in my opinion, it comes off very, oh, we have to help the people of color because they can't help themselves. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like the fam, like, did you ever see the movie Get Out? Kind of like yeah, that fam. Yeah. Like, hey, we like, like, we like black people, but it's right. like, ah, but you like us in the wrong reasons. I see what you're saying. They're not <laughs> equal necessarily, more like an object, maybe. Yeah. Which yeah. is bad. Ugh. Yeah. And also, like, but it's, it's the way, like, uh, I, I know you didn't hear the, the Daily Show talked about this, so I don't know how far this natural moves went. But uh, <laughs> Mayor of Boston, uh, mm. one of her interns sent out an email to all of the uh, city council people involved in city council. It's like, hey, everybody, just remember Friday noon is going to be our elected officials of color, of color uh, holiday party. Be, be mm-hmm. sure to bring, you know, guess what, or this, that, whatever. And then they had to retract him. I was like, sorry, that was only supposed to go out to a couple of the city council people. Because they excluded people who are white from the people of color holiday party. So the city council <laughs> held a, a, a holiday party exclusively for everyone that's not white. How and many so, people showed up? Oh, well, a, a lot. Which is, here's okay. the weird thing, too. You would think, oh, the Boston city council is mostly white, like two people of color. No, it's predominantly co- people of color and like three oh, white wow. people. It's like two white women, one white guy, and he's on his way out the door. As soon as the term's over, he's out. <laughs> and of course, he did the most Boston thing. Boston, when they interviewed him on the news, asking, it's like, hey, how do you feel about them doing this, uh, excluding you from this holiday party? And just with the thickest Boston ass, like, you don't want to invite me to your fucking party? I ain't going to go to your party. I don't fucking care. <laughs> I'm out here in two weeks anyway. Have fun at your fucking party without me. I'll have my own party. <laughs> <laughs> and so the mayor, who is, by the way, the first person of color to be elected the mayor of Boston, which 2023, how is that possible? Like she's the, 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 the current mayor of Boston, Mayor Michelle Wu, is the first woman to be elected mayor of Boston. She's the first mm-hmm. person of color to be elected mayor. And she's the very first Taiwanese American to be. Mayor Michelle Wu is currently the first anything that's not a white guy with a gin blossom nose to be elected the mayor of Boston. she she holds a holiday party for people of of color excludes the whites and then when they interview about her this i love this response they interview like hey isn't this kind of message like look everyone in their office accidentally sends out a reply all email to everybody i don't see what the big deal is (laughs) (laughs) like michelle you missed the point of what they were asking (laughs) (laughs) okay so we have boston that one's a bit of a racist place Baltimore, there. less I mean, of a racist place. Of New England is the South with just a different accent to me. Interesting, because you think those guys were the heroes, right? Like they're like New England. Well, they, I mean, when you come to like New Where Hampshire, the queen? New Hampshire, their their state motto is "Live free or go fuck yourself." Basically, like mm-hmm. like their, their state motto is "Live free or die." <laughs> like, uh, right, and then so- you have like uh, I'm gonna have to quote my friend uh, Hayden CV, who's a comedian. He has this brilliant joke. He's a comedian, born and raised in Maine. He was a guest on my podcast called So What Do You Really Do? Uh, and we talked about the time when he was a professional skier. But he was talking about growing up in Maine and listening to people 
people who are racist in Maine when they've never interacted with people of color. Like his joke is, is, uh, Hey, you know what the problem is with Mexican goes, no, I don't. And neither do you, unless you're going to say they're invisible because neither of us have ever met one. Wow. (laughs) You've gone that long (laughs) without meeting a Mexican. That's impressive. Well, it's, it is the farthest from the border. So, (laughs) and also there's not much in Maine to go up to. Like, <laughs> exactly. Hey, I'm not going to stereotype, but I'm going to assume a lot of uh, South American and Central American immigrants into this country don't care for skiing and Patagonia vests. I don't know. I'm just going <laughs> to like they'd rather okay. have like I don't know a Ford F-150 and not I don't know a Subaru Outback. Okay. So wait, let's be real here. So Baltimore, I don't know anything about Baltimore. I was actually born in Baltimore. But that's all I know about it. I have a, <laughs> aunt, I have an aunt that lives there, so I got to get you know be born there. Yeah. Anyways, it's, it's, it's it's so what is about it? What's the deal? City. Like it's a, yeah. It's, there's a lot of uh. How come there's no movies from Baltimore? Let's there is tons. Hairspray. I don't know. I can really. Yeah, but yeah. That, isn't that from the eighties? Uh, there was one in the nineties, and then they did redid it uh, as a <laughs> the same the Broadway, same movie, and then they made a theatrical version of the Broadway musical. Uh, you have Avalon, uh, Barry Levinson, okay. uh, Diner, also by Barry okay. Levinson. I, I want to say those names are correct. Uh, there's a bunch of TV shows. Uh, obviously, The Wire is probably the biggest Right, one. The Wire, for sure. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the new HBO show, uh, which is based on true events here called We Run This City. Uh, those They did a lot of filming here uh, also like because of tax credits back in the days. So remember... Uh, not the the fourth Die Hard movie, the one with Justin Long and Bruce Willis. No, uh, <laughs> I don't remember that one. I, yeah. I, I'm, look, I'm not going to defend the movie. All right. <laughs> I mean, it's got Timothy Oliphant, so it's worth that for ad. Oh, and um, cool. um, Brie Larson. I always get them two mixed up. Uh, she was also in Scott Pilgrim. Uh, she was Ramona Flowers, Mary Elizabeth mm. Weinstein. Uh, so it's, right, exactly. The, the fourth Die Hard movie. I'm gonna say it's the fourth one is called A Good Day to Die Hard. That's either the fourth <laughs> or fifth one. Like I, I mean, they really went off the rails with Die that. Hard Too Furious. Yeah, exactly. As long as Timothy Oliphant and Mary Elizabeth Weinstein. So a lot of that movie is filmed here in Baltimore. Oh, Kevin Smith's in it. In fact, they even. Cool like take place here in Baltimore. They did a lot of filming in, in Baltimore for that. Um, there's a That's movie cool. filmed here in Baltimore. You can see the back of my ear in called the Brooklyn brothers beat the best. Okay. Huh, that classic, right? <laughs> Brooklyn, which is in New York city. All right. Let's talk about Boston movies. You got Ted, right? You got anything with Mark Wahlberg. You know what I mean? You got all the Goodwill hunting, you know what I mean? You got so much so much movies and culture coming out of Boston. Like Boston, you know. I mean, even prior before the tax credits, beautiful. you got Spencer for Hire, which then they Mark Wahlberg redid the the movie version of it called Spencer Confidential. And yeah, and then uh WGBH up there, which is uh uh not NPR, that's radio. What do you call it? Like a community television uh station, WGBH, was very intricate throughout the seventies, eighties, and nineties for public broadcasting. Uh, so there's a lot of public broadcasting shows that started and were developed out there, uh, up there in New England, which is one of the reasons why I moved from Baltimore to New England. I wanted to be in a city that had more industry than mm. this area. Oh, also was uh, filmed here in Baltimore was, uh, you know what? I shouldn't bring up Kevin Spacey shows. That's, uh, you know, that's a bad idea that I just realized. Yeah. 
He's on Epstein's list. Yes, that's for sure. Uh, uh, did they really? <laughs> was yes. he on the, the official list? Yes. Nice. Yes. Uh, <laughs> now I'm just picturing like a beach day between uh, Kevin, Pollard, or Kevin, Pollard, Kevin Spacey and, and Stephen Hawking, Hawking. <laughs> riding around on the beach together. So bad. It's so true, though. I can't believe it. Okay. So, yeah. Wow. 2024. Here we are. Let's talk about uh, 2023. What was your favorite highlights of 2023? Let's reflect on it a bit. Let's talk about some movies, too. What's your favorite movies of the 2023 season? Uh, favorite movies of 2023. Here's the weird thing. I, I listen regularly to a podcast called Doug Loves Movies, which is hosted by mm. Doug Benson, because I am a mm-hmm. big movie buff. And his mm-hmm. question today was best movie of 2023 for today's episode. And okay. I, was, I was like, I don't know if I can name any movies from 2023. <laughs> like, I definitely saw, like, I have to go back and think because I have, I have terrible spatial awareness when it comes to time. Uh, like, something could either be a week or 10 years ago, and they all in my head, flat circle, all feel the same. Uh, I'm very Jeez. Dr. Manhattan in that. that I know way. a doctor that can it's help like with that. Far away sure. or yesterday. It's all the same thing. <laughs> uh, but I will say, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just going to go with the easiest one, which was the. Uh, the second uh, Spider Verse movie was probably my favorite <laughs> of 2023. Amazing uh, Spider Verse, like it was. No, I gotta take that back because you know what? Didn't have an ending. It was to be continued. I yes, exactly. It. Yeah, and so another I, multiverse I movie. As What's with the multiverse? Uh, I, I'm. <laughs> what is the multiverse? I'm tired of this multiverse. Uh, Everyone so keeps talking the about the multiverse. I love it. Two things I love: time travel and multiverse. Like, give me the all those. Like, this is not a 2023 movie, but my one of my favorite time travel movies is a movie called Frequently Asked Questions About Time Travel. I love okay. it. I'll re- I even have a favorite time traveler, Kyle Reese from the Terminator series. All right, like that. There you go. That's my favorite. <laughs> Michael Bean going in there teaching a, 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 a failed waitress who can't balance her checkbook how to be a badass with a shotgun. Hell yes. Kyle Reese, man. He does not get Michael Bean does not get the credit for being like the most feminist action movie hero of his time. Like he taught uh, Sarah Connor how to be a badass mm. robot killing uh, right. time traveler, time traveler. And then he mm-hmm. also taught Ripley how to shoot a grenade launcher in Alien. How cool. like, come on, right. Michael Bean. And then he's also in the movie Navy Seals, which I'm sure he would want me to not tell people to not remind people that he's in. <laughs> wow okay cool so spider-verse that's the top one for you right now for me uh, i would have to say something like john wake was up there too for me i don't know if you got to see that but that's a cool action film oh the you john Wicks are great i respect keanu reeves i have only keanu reeves first one yeah <laughs> uh following my this is my balmar accent coming out now no uh <laughs> keanu reeves <laughs> yeah exactly keanu reeves does a great job in john wick <laughs> where he shoots a lot of people because they killed his puppy dog <laughs> No, yeah, John. Wick, I I have not seen past John Wick one. I don't even think I've seen mm. two. It's great, and I love him. I totally support mm-hmm. him. It's just one of those like, I don't want to put it on. I don't know yeah. what it is. It's like when I come across it, I'm like, ah, I'll watch that another time. Like, so, like I have a lot of problems now trying to select a movie because I don't want. I'm trying not to rewatch things. I'm trying not to get into that rabbit hole where I just keep rewatching the same things over and over. Yeah, like so, a little kid. I had to just watch Blazing Saddles yet again last night. But oh, I see. And I've rewatched. 
three Spider-Man movies, the two Andrew Garfields and one of the Tom Hollands uh, in the past three, two days. So it's like, uh, but I'm trying what? to. What? In yeah. two days. Two in days. two days, yeah. I, I'm All right, those the- are like eight, nine movies. Yeah, exactly. Two hours each. That's like 16 hours. So yeah. half of your oh, past two days. One t- and I've only watched three. Amazing okay, Spider-Man cool. 1, Amazing Spider-Man 2, and then Far From Home. Those are the three okay, cool. in the past two days I've watched. Like, I have a lot of free time right now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I not work for three months. Like, it's beautiful. Uh, but, yeah, it, it's beautiful. I mean, I, I, everywhere, everything, all at once with, you know. Um, yeah, another multiverse movie. Well, yeah, that was a very well done uh, multiverse mm-hmm. movie with a bunch of great actors. So I really enjoyed that one. As much as well, uh, I, I gotta say, I didn't enjoy Mutant Mayhem, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem. Oh, the new Turtle Ninjas, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't. I just found everything about it to be annoying. Like, there's just mm-hmm. the personality. Like, <laughs> I love the art that they're doing. I love the style. But when I'm just listening to everybody talk and their gags, I'm like, oh, you just sound so annoying. I don't. Maybe I'm getting old, and I was just like, oh, Z- you know, Zillennial uh, Ninja Turtles. Yeah, I hate them. Like, I don't know what it is about it. Uh, that did not, that just, I just couldn't get behind it. I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah, like, and also you got like, uh, uh, Splinter is just an old Jewish man. Like he's supposed to be, like, <laughs> <laughs> what's going on here? Like what? He was a badass Kung Fu karate instructor that got turned into a rat. You're like, I'm okay with the rat ooze turns into Splinter thing. That's a, I'll, I'll, I'll allow that, that change uh, in the canon to happen, but original from the comics was a karate instructor that got turned into a rat. And then you're mm. going to make it just an old Jewish man that like, boys, make sure you wear your, your mittens. If you're going to go outside and stay away from the humans. Okay. Wow. So, <laughs> so let's talk about that. Let's talk about it for a second. What would you rather? Would you rather they never make a remake of a movie you like? Or would you rather they stop making toy movies like Barbie movies and like Hot Wheels movies? Oh, make reboots. I don't care. I don't. You care like the reboots? reboots. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna say I like them. I just don't. They don't ruin my childhood. Like, mm. just because <laughs> they make another version of a movie doesn't mean the original version does no longer exist. Like, it still exists. I could still go watch Teenage Mutant Tur- Ninja Turtles the movie with uh, <laughs> uh, Corey Feldman voicing Donatello. I can still go watch it. It still exists. They're not erasing it from history. I just don't have to watch Mutant Mayhem again. If you want to like it, that's I'm very like chill when it comes to like subjective opinions about things. Like subjective art forms. Like what you want to like, hate what you want to hate. I don't understand the hate for things. Like I dislike things and I try to come up with a reason why I dislike it, other than like they changed something from my childhood and I'm angry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They made a character a woman. How dare they? <laughs> like, how sad is your life? That doesn't piss because you off. They, right. they, because they mm-hmm. made uh, Heimdall black. <gasps> oh, no. They got rid of Apu and The Simpsons. Yeah. yeah and I, you know what? And, but you know, here's the thing nobody noticed. They replaced Dr. Hibbert with Kevin Michael Richardson because it was previously mm. voiced by a white man. And they're just mm-hmm. secretly. Slipped in an amazingly talented uh, person, uh, uh, African-American uh, voiceover mm-hmm. artist named uh, Michael Kevin Richardson, whose voice you know from a billion things and is an amazing mm-hmm. uh, artist. And I luckily got to ask him. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the cartoon Animaniacs. 
We're animaniacs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that one. Ooh. Pinky and the Brain. Yeah. <laughs> For uh, sure, Pinky and the Brain. Brain, oh, brain, yeah, brain, totally. Brain, I'm brain, fortunate brain, enough uh, during the pandemic <laughs> to have worked with the guy who voiced the car- the character Pinky and oh, his wow. son, and I uh, helped produce a live Zoom podcast for them during the pandemic. And I, what we what they did is they would bring on voice actors who worked in the gaming industry, and they talk about video games and voice acting because um, that's what they do. Uh, Rob Paulson is a voiceover artist and uh, and the original voice of Raphael from the Ninja Turtles. See how it comes wow. around like I'm like I'm a professional. Anyway, and then, back. Uh, and they brought on Kevin Michael Richardson. And I got to ask mm. Kevin, you know, during the show, I was like, how do you feel about taking over this iconic role as Dr. Hibbert? And he was like, this is like the Simpsons is the reason I got into the business, like watching cartoons. So to take over an iconic role, uh, I'm paraphrasing his, what he said was like, for me, taking over such an iconic role and being able to be the one that steps into those shoes after all that controversy is a huge momentous moment for, for him. as so he says, so it's like, like Harry Condabulo who made the documentary about uh, Apu and the whole thing with, with Hank Azaria. It's a great documentary talking about the, how torn Harry Condabulo is about the character of Apu. I don't know if you guys, I mean, you guys, I would hope be able to relate to him because, you know, you are yeah. uh, Middle, a, Eastern. A Middle Eastern ethnicity mm-hmm. and you're not, you grew up without, uh, if, here in the States, without a lot of your own representation on, on TV. So here's mm-hmm. Harry getting to see his own ethnicity represented on TV, but all at the same time, it's being portrayed and uh, vilified by the white voiceover artists and, and actors about it and how that's turmoil inside of him it's like hey yes we got an indian character but also at the same time he's doing a hacky indian 7-eleven racist accent like right characterization mm-hmm. so when hank azaria walked away from the role which hank himself was even like hey i get it i'm on the same page as you but what are we going to do about it now like i'll give up the role and he did and that's why they got rid of it because it's like it created so much controversy it's better to just write him out unfortunately um than to recast him, whereas with Dr. Hibbert, and I think there's another character, I think Carl, uh, also mm. they recast the voice of Carl in The Simpsons, where they can just, hey, nobody nobody said anything about these two guys, so let's just do the right thing now while nobody's looking. <laughs> oh, I see. That's a really cool, cool idea. And I really like how like Pinky is really trying to take over the world. That sounds right, like yeah. something Pinky would, <laughs> would totally do. Okay, sounds good to me. Okay, so what do you think about all this side? Do you think Apu needed to be taken over? Because for me, growing up in Lebanon, you know, one of my favorite comics out there was Jeff Dunham when he used to do the Ahmed the Dead Terrorist. <laughs> but you know yeah, what I mean? And one. Yeah, exactly. And even though now I can see how insensitive that is <laughs> and how, you know, maybe, yeah, stereotypical and a bit racist it is for sure. But I don't know. I just, I don't know why I loved it so much. Maybe because I feel like that was my representation right there. You know? Yeah. Even though he came in a dead puppet (laughs) terrorist. (laughs) Yes, exactly. In my opinion, it's, um, I mean, we find this funny because like we're, we're okay with like this kind of dark humor. Mm -hmm. And I understand like where everyone is coming from, where they're saying like, this is a bad representation of, Mm of Arabs and stuff. But that's, it's, it's a bad representation when people who watch it really take it to heart. That's like, if you, if you really look into it as something that is a true representation of, of Arabs, then yeah, 
it's probably sending the bad message. But if people are just a bit more aware and more understanding, they wouldn't take this as an actual representation of who it's supposed to be. Yeah, and they then, understand I mean, it's just a joke. You know, yeah, it's like, and, and it's like comedians. That's a great point. Is the context is what's key. Mm-hmm. Is it funny because it's it's relatable, or is it funny because we all agree that demeaning these people is what's humorous? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's that's yeah. basically the definition of punching up and punching down. Like, are we having fun together as a group, or like, you know, in my younger years, we told some of the worst horrible black people jokes, right? Sure. And now me and friends can laugh at them because we laugh at the absurdity of how awful they are. Right. Whereas there's yeah. people who laugh at them was like, yeah, that's funny because black people are stupid. Like, how do you get a one-eyed <laughs> person out of a tree? You wave at them. <laughs> it's funny because you're stupid. Like, and that's kind of the problem, yeah. you know? Yeah. And of course, I've heard that it's the same thing. Like, every black joke I've ever heard is also the same. Every Polak joke, Polish person joke I've ever heard. And right, I'm sure exactly. I'm like, I've heard variations of the same dumb jokes, you know, uh, uh, racist 100%. jokes. You, you, you plug and play whatever, you know, uh, you know how, how do you make a Scottish man poor? High in his unemployment check and yes. his work. It's like, I've heard that about five different ethnicities of people. Like it, uh-huh. You know, they're all. But you don't believe them. Like, that's all, the most important part. Yeah. Like, you know, the, the stereotypes exist for a reason. Is that reason is because we're humorously bringing it all together. Uh, together or do they exist because we have to believe that a certain type of person is lesser than mm-hmm. uh one of the things uh so my day job and i'll, I'll skip ahead to what was your best thing of 2023 <laughs> is the new job i have which is the reason why i have three months off in the winter is i'm a, a tour guide for boston duck tours which are these oh amazing vehicles that drive around the city of boston and then go into the charles river and come wow out. yeah it's it's old war uh, old uh world war ii vehicles or yeah world war ii vehicles that have been surplus into them. a lot of cities have them they had them here in baltimore for the longest time that's why i you know grew up knowing about them um so i'm this this history tour guide narrator and the company makes us all do it in character which was the hokiest part of this whole thing for me and why i, I avoided it for so long but i embrace the characterization and and, and whatnot because it eases people into a com a comic anyway one mm-hmm. of the people that started me with this this year, a young lady named Remy, her pitch for what her character was going to be was to be a character called Nadia Kennedy, not a mm. Kennedy, where she's like <laughs> this fallen, uh, ditzy socialite, Boston socialite uh, that is not from the Kennedy family, but is definitely a Kennedy. Like that's mm-hmm. the whole character. She's supposed to be like a ditzy Kennedy um, Failed social like absolutely like have you ever, do you, ever, do you ever see the British show Ab Fab absolutely fabulous oh yeah totally absolutely fabulous for sure her character, her character would be <laughs> a version of those those people mm-hmm. and, like high end posh but also a bit dim witted yeah and and trashy at the same time and trashy and, uh, <laughs> and it, to the trainer's credit they rejected the idea mm-hmm. and the reason being where that we all agreed that it was funny and there's a lot of comedy that can be drawn from it. Ultimately, they were more worried about guys, mostly men, like taking the characterization into the wrong and finding it funny for the wrong reasons. Finding mm. it was like, yeah, because women are dumb drunks, right? Yeah! 
like from the back of the duck boat and they don't want to have her who, by the way, Remy is an amazing tour guide. Uh, they end up creating a character called Tessie Tutu where she is mm-hmm. a ballerina Red Sox player. And her tour is great. She learned five different Asian, how to speak in five different Asian languages when we drive through past Chinatown. So she can say hello in like five different Asian languages. She can say, but yeah, she's very, very smart. And and her credit to her credit, the the character is of Tessie Tutu is so much more enjoyable to be around than this other character. And it, it came down to really that they don't want guys particularly or anybody in general to feel to objectify her in a negative way because of this character that we all can enjoy think that ah ditzy care can it drunk ditzy kennedy's ah perfect boston but no mm-hmm. and that's, that's that's i had to explain to her because she didn't quite understand it why they rejected it and why they couldn't it's like it's not because you're gonna go into a bad place with the comedy they're worried about other people going to the bad place you know mm. we don't want to have to feel that like and also when you're an, a conventionally attractive 22 year old woman stuck on a boat with 35 people and somebody gets ruly and out of control, things can go bad very quickly. So let's not give them fodder for the reason for their brains to go, Oh, I could be, I could be unruly and touchy with you. Like, Oh yeah. That's messed up. Cause people think that if you're just doing a joke, that's reason for harassment. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What I kind mean, of world do we live in, dude? Yeah. Women can yeah, be that's messed up. All, all the time where it's like, Hey, if I do jokes about being slutty, then everyone's going to treat me like I'm a slut, mm-hmm. uh, which is unfair to, to them and anybody who has to like feel like I get annoyed when I do self-deprecating humor and then somebody thinks it's OK to just be a dick. It's like, all right, look, the, I'm being self-deprecating. It's like self-deprecating. I see what you're like, saying. You, be like, or like, you can uh, be self-deprecating. I can't call you an asshole. That's exactly. the difference. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. I can make slutty jokes. Just don't call me a slut. Yeah. I can call myself a slut. Yes. <laughs> I, or, or yeah, not even, like, don't treat me. If I make jokes about being a slut or being promiscuous, I shouldn't even say slut. But if I'm going to make jokes about being yes. promiscuous, don't treat me as if you think it's okay that I'm promiscuous. You know, and that, exactly. that's unfair. You know, it's true. It's true. It's very, very, very true. Then what else do you make jokes about? By the way, what's what's uh what is there more about talking about the upcoming of feminism and comedy than three dudes on a podcast? We're gonna change from a very good to the the triple mansplain. <laughs> triple mansplain comedy and podcasting. Oh wow, yeah, exactly. Wait a second. So you so you've been so you know everything about Boston pretty much. Uh, I know. So? No. Well, here's the thing. I suck what's like a funny thing about Boston? What's like a funny uh, thing? My favorite that we thing. Know? Well, there's a lot mm-hmm. of things that I uh, that is the history of Boston that I'm not allowed to say on tour. And guess what? You guys are going to give something exclusive for your podcast. The Let's things do it. That I'll say on tour include. <laughs> I told you one of them earlier is the uh, Boston uh, or Massachusetts first uh, abo- uh, legalized slavery, first to abolish it. Right. <laughs> uh, I can say. But I have to tip. <laughs> all I'm allowed to say is that. That's all. And he's expounding more on that. And they're like, uh, I had to tell a lot. I a really close line with being uh, inappropriate with a lot of things. And one of the things is, uh, of course, we talked about movies. The movie The Departed, filmed in Boston. We go by the Hurley Building, which is where they filmed the movie The Departed. That mm-hmm. feature that stars Leonardo DiCaprio, Matt right. Damon, and locally known racist Mark Wahlberg. 
Can't say that. Can't say that. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Uh, I can't get away with saying this one. Uh, in the movie, there, in the movie The Departed, there's we can see the exact set of steps that Leonardo DiCaprio runs down a flight of steps right on the outside of this build, Hurley building. And do you know what Leonardo DiCaprio was running away from? A woman who turned 26. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, dude. It's so relatable. It's so true because he loves young girls. That turn I get away with that joke for the sheer fact that my trainers dared me to say that because they're like, no one's going to laugh at that. And then every time they do, I just turn to our, our cameras and so I was like, hey, everybody, by the way, my boss has said no one would laugh at that. Wave at them. Say hi, Plucky. Um, <laughs> That's amazing. Wait a second. Uh, I need to remind you about uh, Mark Wahlberg. So what did Mark Wahlberg do exactly that got him in trouble? I couldn't Wikipedia this, but you're the tour guide. So, yeah. Uh, so he, the big thing is that he, when he was younger, him and his brothers uh, growing up in South Boston uh, right. attacked a, I want to say Viet, Vietnamese. I want to say mm. it was Vietnamese per, man. If I'm incorrect in that, I apologize, but a man of Asian mm -hmm. descent and beat him to the gotcha. point where he was blinded in one eye. Ooh. Oh, yeah. wow. And that is a federal assault. And the reason why this all For came sure. out to light is because he wanted to have it expunged so he can get his name put on the ownership charter of Wahlburgers, his brother's mm. burger joint, so he can make money. Mm. Well, that oh. happened to come out 10, no, a little more than, uh, I want to say 12 years ago. It's weird that it's been that long now, uh, but that all came yeah, out. Yeah, I was wondering what he happened. He apology. It's like, how come you didn't apologize? apologize for this 30 years ago when you blinded the man yeah that's horrible yeah. is because you're like oh hey this came out sorry guys hey i want to make burger money now um yeah but then uh, he has a lot of money a lot of stories of him and his brother just shouting mm. again this is all stuff that happened before he turned 18 so i mean we're talking about being young okay or boston boston boys we boston boys uh, where they <laughs> killed racial slurs and tried mm. to tip over a vehicle that contained a, a, a bunch. I think again, people of Asian descent. They were beating on it, breaking windows, trying to knock it over. And I'm probably exaggerating some of the details of that, oh, but wow. essentially, yeah. So they did a lot of you know, culturally racist, you know, uh, events and and attacks to people of of of, of color. Um, That's messed up. Yeah, and then I mean, yeah. you could also say he appropriated hip hop culture when he was marking Mark, <laughs> but you have to. I, I would I would argue in his defense that for him to appropriate hip hop culture, he would have had to been good at it. So yeah, exactly. Oh, <laughs> damn. Which, by the way, I should also not be throwing this much shade at Mark Wahlberg because he did pay me three months of my rent when I worked on the movie Spencer Confidential, and I did no work. <laughs> so I mean, to Thanks his credit, he, he does a lot. When they film in, in, in New England, like he pushes the film in New England, pushes the film in Massachusetts, not just because of the tax credit, because he wants the actors there to get the money. He'd rather yeah, people for sure. in town make money. Than, and, and trust me, they're very generous with, with it. I worked three 16, almost 16-hour days sitting and holding, doing nothing, just getting paid. They're like, whatever. We have the budget. Pay them the overtime. Um, wow. And he, Super nice to fans. He really is. I watched him personally. I'm not, this is not secondhand. I watched him while filming, just walk over the crowds of people, autograph, shakes hands, talk to people. Um, Peter Berg, who's a, a, a big time con 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 collaborator with Mark mm -hmm. Wahlberg as a director. He works with him and he's also very pro boss and very pro getting people work. Super nice guy. So I really shouldn't say bad things yeah. about him, but I mean, these are things that happened. So I'm no, just for sure. 
Yeah, it's just it's the fact. You're a historian. Yeah, for sure. That's for sure. And then my favorite <laughs> uh, Boston history thing that I'm not allowed to talk about. Again, going back to movies. <laughs> is, have you guys ever seen the movie Glory? No, I know of it. Glory is uh, the movie that sure. Denzel Washington won his first Academy mm-hmm. Award for Best Supporting Actor in. Uh, mm-hmm. It stars uh, Denzel Washington, Morgan Freeman, and Ferris Bueller. It is about oh, the wow. Massachusetts 54th Regiment, which is the very first all-black volunteer regiment to train in the North and fight against the South in the Civil War. And in Boston Common, they have a huge, beautiful sculpture, free sculpture mo- monument dedicated to the Massachusetts 54th. And it is literally, it's called the Robert Gould Shaw Massachusetts 54th Memorial. Robert Gould Shaw is the character that Ferris... Uh, Matthew Broderick plays in the movie Glory. He was the leader of that mm-hmm. regiment. Uh, and it is the most Boston thing ever to dedicate a monument to the very first black regiment to fight in the Civil War and name it after the white guy. <laughs> <laughs> You're also like, no, 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 no. You can't say that either. Wow. Okay. Yeah, exactly. See, these are the uncomfortable truths that they're still yeah. trying to like they're, yeah. well, in, behind. In my trainer's defense. The reason mm-hmm. why I'm not allowed to say these things is not because they're inappropriate. They're like, Dennis, just just stop trying to bum people out. <laughs> I'm like, it's funny to me. It's like, yeah, but it's also like kind of a bummer. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Just, your trainer seems like they can't handle the truth, man. <laughs> oh, they laugh. They laugh. They, no, no, they laugh. They laugh okay. at them. But they're like, just people are here for a good time. Stop trying to, you know, let... Like, mm-hmm. let's not remind people that police often kill people of of, of color. Like, let's not, <laughs> not bring that up at all. For sure. I'm surprised I, 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 this one, and that's a that's a truthful one that I almost got hit for. Uh, is I was stopped at a red light, and I'm just doing normal mm-hmm. history, talking about Paul Revere or whatever. Which, by the way, there's mm-hmm. the last thing. I'm not allowed to refer to Paul Revere as the Elon Musk of the revolution. But anyway. something a cop comes up and he bangs on the side of my duck boat he goes hey did you guys fix all the holes in these things yet (laughs) and i look down the only thing in this city that puts holes in anything is you officer anyway and then like which i was that is exactly what shots fired is reference for bro yeah shots fired yeah exactly I wow. was waiting for my bosses about that one because we re- videotape everything uh, because of like security or not security, but like safety reasons. We have, we have cameras all around the vehicle, looking in the streets, looking inside, yeah. looking front, behind. Up, like we have a Good 360 idea. camera. We can literally see a 360 view of the vehicle inside the vehicle above, from above, above. It's amazing technology that Boston Doctors has put in their vehicles to, to over the, the, the years to make them as safe as they are. You can see the vehicle of the vehicle. Yeah, definitely. That's wow. Amazing. I mean, that's horrifying. You know, I was in the movie Patriot's Day. Oh, But okay. if you look very, very closely, there's that scene where the, the bombs happen. You know, it's about yeah. the Boston Marathon bombs. And I was in the audience. So I went one day and I went out. They gave us Subway oh, sandwiches. I took the tea. Yeah, exactly. I went all the way. Um, and then, yeah, they had like a fake bomb go off. And we had to rehearse getting off and panicking. But then literally <laughs> on the third time, they set up like a real explosion. And I was like, ah, because it was a real <laughs> reaction. You got that's what they of, ha- of your home, bro. <laughs> yeah, exactly. of Lebanon. Like, <laughs> Lebanon no? I thought we were <laughs> acting, dude. I think the best thing about this whole role is that they finally cast a Middle Eastern person in a movie that didn't play the terrorist. Like, we are progressing. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm surprised yes, exactly. they did it, to be honest. I was in I'm the audience. Ali, you were the suicide bomber. It was two white kids from Russia. I think Ali's Jeez. just too white oh, to, be, uh, to be casted as a, the Arab terrorist. <laughs> That's true. That's a good point. Vaguely Soviet whatever. Former Soviet bloc. Yeah. <laughs> so do you skip? And that's what they were. Chechnyan. Chechnyan. Oh, Chechnyan. Oh, yeah. I yeah did you skip over that in your tour? Like, I think Chechnyan is a type of like soup. Like, uh, we're going to have Chechnyan. Okay. <laughs> hey, give like me some of that onion soup, sweet onion. Let's do it. Chutney is a jam. What soup? It's weird. I'm fat with a uh, with an eating disorder, and I didn't know the word for a type of food. Like what? <laughs> but um, oh, so wait, wait, where exactly did that happen? The bomb. Oh right. Was it by uh, Camor? Uh, the two bombs went off. They're right on mm -hmm. um. Bolson Street. Uh, mm. The first one is uh, first one went off. They're, they have uh, memorials uh, for mm. blowing spirals uh, at mm -hmm. each of the locations. Uh, one of them is right at the, the finish line, which is right where the Boston Public Library is. It's right mm -hmm. where the old and new building meets uh, mm -hmm. to, at the finish line. And then the that was the second bomb that went off. The first one went up like a block up earlier, right across from like the Lennox Hotel near like the Dunkin' Donuts. I don't know the, I'm, I'm gotcha. I go past it every day for so work sad. and I'm sitting there. So <laughs> I can't remember behind me, but I can remember seeing them every time. And I'm pretty sure there's a Dunkin' Donuts right there. <laughs> the, way you, the way you said Lennox Hotel, if you say it again, the same way and just do this, it'll be a perfect Trump impersonation. Uh, I don't know what. Lennox Hotel. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you have to do uh, that. Pull it out. From the Wizard of Oz living. I don't know why. I'm the Jewish. <laughs> not even. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, no. I can't believe that happened. Yeah, that was really sad because I think a lot of people died like, that day. I moved there in February of that year, and that happened April. So what's that, two mm. months before April? Um, mm -hmm. The weird thing about that day is that I'm, the reason I moved to Boston is to write traffic reports for TV and radio. And mm -hmm. we're listening yeah. to police standards all day. And earlier that day, the building across the street caught fire. So we're all outside looking at, you know, fire, fire trucks and engines oh, wow. across the street. Everyone was fine. Um, and then later that day, we got the, the information from the police and we're like, what's going on? What's happening? Is did you, did you hear on the police scanner? They said there was a bomb at the, at the thing. Oof. Yeah. Whoa. It was, it was very surreal. Because we weren't there, but then we heard everything that was happening because we had police scanners. And there yeah. was a point where the police blocked off the scanners to private channels, and we had to literally request to them, hey, we are a news outlet. We need access to this information for our jobs and for your safety and for the safety of other people. So we need access to these private police channels. Um, and we can't talk back. We're only Whoa. listening. You know? And so we li I listened for all that week. Eight, hour, eight plus hours a day, listen to everything the police talked about, searching for those two, running around. I remember listening to, to a police officer say, we got them. And we're like, what? And, and on the radio, they're like, you got what? Say on the radio, what do you have? Uh, and then it was, again, <laughs> and it's like, it was crazy. And then to go home that night and then them catch them. And I was like, ah, I missed it. I went home. <laughs> I, can't, I can't do between nine and five. I can't you do your police police in between nine and five successful police 
<laughs> nine and five. Like I leave. I, it's, you caught him at like seven thirty. Why did you do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's when you the just... terrorists are like usually operational from nine to five. Right? <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> <laughs> Terrorist, please, could you just do your job between that timing? <laughs> next morning, I actually met the the paramedics that worked on the two mm. brothers because uh, they oh, just wow. happened to be drinking at at eight a.m. the same as me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we just happened to be all at the same bar at eight a.m. having brunch and uh, beers. Uh, there's a picture on my on my Instagram with them somewhere. I mean, obviously, it's eleven years ago, so you have to go find it. But uh, yeah, yeah, they were. You know, bless those guys' heart because it, it really affected them. Like just talking to them that morning, um, mm. where it's like, "Hey, we the have medics. To, like our mm-hmm. job." Yeah, yeah. The paramedics that, that mm-hmm. found these two guys. Not like, "Oh, we were in the hospital." It was like, "No, they're the ones that saved those one boy's life." You know, the other brothers that came to his injuries, uh, but they found. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, if mm. I remember correctly, I think they found them both in the boat together. Uh, mm, yeah, they they have a duty to save a life, while also at the same time, they're saving the life of a guy that killed eight people nine counting Ooh. the uh, officer at mit yeah are like that's so sad talking listen to them yeah it's heavy you know and it's for sure know, even harder to listen to them talk about with the amount of drunken slurs they had because they were <laughs> at 9 a.m i can't imagine <laughs> what they were going through yeah exactly wait so what was the reason behind all that? Was it just because they were like angry or like, was it like a school shooter type situation or was it like a religious motivation? You know, I'm yeah. I honestly can't really remember what they're, I mean, they were Chetnian. So it had something to do mm-hmm. with that. They're Chetnian terrorists. Uh, gotcha. After the American infidels, I guess uh, off the top of my head, I don't okay. really remember their motivations to be honest with you. Wow. Okay, and you were on there on the scanners. You were trying to solve the case yourself, weren't oh, yeah, you? Oh, hundred percent. I was. Hey, everybody! Here's what's going on. Like, oh, you go from that week. Oh boy, am I tweeting up a storm as a first point of news? Oh my god! Wait, so uh, if they I want to be Twitter famous, I need. I look. I needed to go viral back then, right? And I'll use my advantage if I had to. At any cost. Wait, so if you could. If they told you the exact address of where the guys were, would you have went yourself with like a camera and try to get them or what? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've been this, on the spot for. This reminds me. This I mean, that me, wasn't like, my the, job at the, the time. Nightcrawler. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I haven't. I know the movie and I know the premise of it with Jake Gyllenhaal. I've never seen it, but I. <laughs> I, I in Baltimore, you lived was... it, man. You didn't have to see it. Dude. You <laughs> lived it. Baltimore Sun had a crime blogger where mm, his yeah. job was to listen to police scanners, go to places of shootings and murders, and get the information. Like, God bless Justin Fenton, uh, who's a former Baltimore Sun reporter who did the crime blog. Like, he not only mm. wrote about all the murder, all 300 plus murders every year during his time at the Baltimore Sun. Uh, but he tweeted about them and he was on the streets doing the real hard journalism, talking to witnesses, talking to cops, getting the information, letting people know what was going on. And that's the city I come from. I was, you know, also, you know, I grew like my, my real professional career was a radio, uh, mm-hmm. entertainer. Like I worked in radio for a bunch of years and yeah, yeah, I wanted to go to concerts and interview artists backstage. I didn't want to repeat 
things that I read in other interviews when I was talking about artists. I wanted to be able to like for sure. you know, all the things that I've told you about are firsthand accounts. Like I'm I, I right. so far throughout this whole thing, yeah. I haven't talked to you about anything that I have no known connection. Like when I quoting paraphrasing Kevin Michael Richardson, I didn't hear him say that on someone else's thing. He said to, that directly to me. You know, mm -hmm. and that's yeah, you know, and I will quote other people, but everything I talk about generally comes from something. And if I can give you a firsthand knowledge about it, that, that I will. Uh, and same thing about other, anything really, uh, because that's just the kind of journalism that I was taught when I was younger, you know, that on scene sure. reporting. And, and I wanted to, the reason I have a podcast called, so what do you really do? Where I talk to artists and entertainers about their day jobs, find them everywhere, find it everywhere. Podcasts are brought in is because I like to interview people. You know, I, I, that was the reason I got into radio because that was the, the combination of my biggest loves was comedy, music, and interviews. I love mm -hmm. behind the scenes stuff growing up. I love mm -hmm. watching, you know, couch interviews of, uh, on the Tonight Show and Letterman. For and sure. Those things. I love listening to them talk to people. And I hated bad interviews. Morning TV, local morning TV news do such bad interviews, and I hate them with such a passion. Yes, uh, I agree. <laughs> even when I'm researching, like I've been fortunate enough to, to interview some pretty big name people on my podcast, but Lewis Black, uh, Jim Jeffries. I got to interview wow. Dane Cook. Mm -hmm. uh, Dane was mm -hmm. like, "We won't release this interview as a podcast, but I'll come back and do your podcast again, and I'll hold him to it." Uh, but it's like, <laughs> I. I I know. I'm so waiting for that callback, Dane. Uh, <laughs> Come on, Dane. <laughs> Look, Dane, just when we released the original audio. Like, this is that. He's like, this is a great interview. It's just not funny. I didn't realize I was. I, like, he feels like on a podcast, he should be funny. Or it's like, I don't want you to be mm. funny. I want you to be real. Anyway, doesn't matter. He's a great mm -hmm. guy. He's nice. Anyway, I have the whole interview. Anyway, <laughs> on audio. <so. laughs> I listen to it. I love Dane. I, I love um, Dane for sure. I would love to listen to that too. Uh, but he, <laughs> Release uh, the podcast. <laughs> release, release the so. What do you really do, cut Dane? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's it, it's I, I. So sometimes I'll go through other interviews they've done with people, and I just like I hate hearing a, when somebody interviews a comedian. I hate hearing. So how did you become a comedian? Why did you get into? Yeah, that? for sure. It's like mm -hmm. the most basic bitch uh, answer out there or question to ask somebody out there. It's like, yeah, of course. I agree. And I try to avoid it. And if there's times where I need to say, ask it because of the context of the conversation, I try to at least mm -hmm. make it better than like, how did you get into Like try to at least lead them there naturally through conversation. Yeah, for sure. You know, because some people think, shit, in, uh, shit. I, at <laughs> <laughs> some people like, I, you guys do this. I'm sure you figure out where you'll ask somebody a question. And it's like one word answer. No expelling, no expanding. You're like, <laughs> yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, that's true. I think, uh, I don't know why, but I feel like the best question to ask a comedian about how they got into comedy was like, what was the trauma that got you? Into <laughs> <laughs> what, what triggered all of this shit? What, Funny, what is, what is wrong with you, basically? <laughs> the same that the only question you can ask both a comedian and a superhero. Like, who died? <laughs> <laughs> who died? Who attacked mm -hmm. you at a young age and made you want to seek revenge on other people? What hurts? Tell us. It's <laughs> only more comedian. Well, no, I would actually like less comedians uh, to be uh, financially viable uh, with their parents' money, unlike superheroes. Because uh, let's be honest, mm. Batman, Batman's not a superhero, right? Because he doesn't have superpowers. Because white privilege is not a superpower. Wow. 
<laughs> Taking shots at Batman. Yeah, oh. <laughs> I can't do it for you guys right now because I don't have it. Uh, I, I used to do a bit called uh, Who Said It? Batman or Osama Bin Laden? <laughs> I would read a quote for a quote to audiences and make them guess whether it was Batman or who said by either Batman or Osama Bin Laden because Batman is not a hero. What does he do? Mm. He, in, he strikes fear into people to get them to do by his bidding, which is literally mm-hmm. the definition of a terrorist. Mm. <laughs> Wait, do you have one? Do you have one in your memory oh, or no? Uh, her, I'll do. Actually, I think I might have them on a phone app. Hold on. Let me see. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Can wrap yeah. it here. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, here it is. Who said it? Batman. Or <laughs> All right. So uh, let's uh, uh, like, and also, by the way, this is a guy who just keeps renting small, flexible young boys. Like he just calls up the golf of Orioner and was like, hey, do you have any flexible little white boys? Uh, yes, it is. Bruce <laughs> yep. Same credit card <laughs> as last time. <laughs> no, that's not a quote, but uh, so. All right. Uh, let's start off. Uh, uh here we go we'll start off with either those who want to solve our problems at the un are hypocrites that is clearly a quote from osama bin laden right yeah uh, here's another one. Uh, <laughs> if you tell them to fight they'll fight but they need to be inspired who said it osama bin laden or batman i have a feeling batman <laughs> ali <laughs> Batman. Batman. I agree with my right. co-host. Here's a Batman quote. Great job. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Here's another one. They say that when you kill a man, you not only take away what he was, but all he will ever be. Osama bin Laden or Batman? I think bin Laden. Think bin Laden? I'll I'll think bin Laden? I think bin Laden too. Bin I'll agree. Laden? Nope, that's Batman. I was thinking if it was a trick question or not. <laughs> Here, I'll give you one more. I cannot die. I feed on evil like yours. Batman or Osama Bin Laden? That's got to be Batman. I would say Osama. All the quotes are Batman. I've never written down any Osama quotes. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. That's That's good if we didn't quote him. All the quotes are Batman quotes. (laughs) We didn't quote him. Yeah, exactly. Not bad. Well. And of course, the last quote that I say is uh, is very obvious. It's uh, some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. So. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god batman how violent what do you think about that side about the podcast or batman both <laughs> oh no that's a batman quote it's from the batman movie with adam west <laughs> <laughs> well yeah batman definitely has his demons man like he has some he 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 like exaggerated he over exaggerated his trauma to another level like not, <laughs> Not like anything I've seen a comedian do. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think Let me introduce you to a guy named Bill Cosby. Uh... <laughs> Fair. Yeah, exactly. Jeez. I try to forget about him. <laughs> but yeah, Don't worry. This is exactly what he wanted his victims to do, too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you'll have this drink. It'll help you not remember. <laughs> Forgot about that one. That's for sure. <laughs> that's a podcast well, that is a podcast man uh dennis thank you so much for coming on to the show can thank you, you guys so much for having me it was a good, can... good time i'm glad we we were able to get this all scheduled and, and worked out right and i just feel like now i just did no I, like why did i do that why <laughs> <laughs> like you guys weren't even noticing i was just like 
Look, dude, it was cool having it. It was cool being on your podcast. We got to put on Reddit, man. <laughs> got to put on Reddit <laughs> that image of just <laughs> Dennis doing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's but, uh, that's the gift that's going to get people to watch this. Is just some <laughs> Joey White Boy on Ozempic going. Ah, that's what's going to bring is, everybody. <laughs> we gotta we gotta find a way to end this. <laughs> Thank you again, guys, for having me. Your audience can check out everything about me. You can see uh, my podcast. Or you can see and listen to my podcast called "So What Do You Really Do." Available everywhere podcasts are piloted on the Big Comedy Network and on YouTube. Uh, you can also watch my uh, now defunct and no longer producing new episode YouTube show called Word of the Day with Comedians, where we try to make you smarter by being funnier. Couldn't have said it any better. Thank you guys <laughs> for watching the podcast. We salute to cover the camera. Add peace. <laughs>